Okay, so for this case, well, for this uh, lesson, this was for civil procedure. And one thing that I like to, uh, the one way that I like to think about civil procedure is that it is the procedure for how the law is to be governed. And so we're trying to figure out the rules for how we do things. And in Rule 12, there are several cases, uh, several things that could qualify a case for to file a motion for dismissal. So in Rule 3, I believe, you file a complaint uh, if you're the plaintiff, and then the defendant files an answer. And in that answer, they have several things that they can list and that removes, well, that you can file as a motion for dismissal. Those first three things is uh, failure to provide personal jurisdiction, failure to provide subject matter jurisdiction, and failure to provide venue, proper venue. But for the time being, we're going to be focusing only on personal jurisdiction. So that's what this is going to be about. That's what this lecture focused on. And we read two cases, but we only talked about one. We will talk about the second in another lecture. So I will forbear uh, from sharing that now. But for now, uh, let's go ahead and look at Pnoyer v. Neff. So Pnoyer v. Neff is right after the Civil War. It's in 1878 in the 14th Amendment had come out, which gave due process of law. And so there's two places where due process is mentioned in the Constitution. The first is in the Fifth Amendment, and the second is in the 14th Amendment. And the 14th Amendment applies more specifically to the states. And so states were trying to figure out a due process of law in accordance with this 14th Amendment. So let's just talk about Pinor v. Neff and give a little bit of understanding. And it's uh, Pinor v. Pinoyer v. Neff is still good law, although in practicality most of it is not used in practice, but there are certain parts of it that we do end up using. So just as a little bit of background, uh, Neff was a client of Mitchell, so Mitchell is an attorney who lived in Oregon. Um, Neff failed to pay his attorney fees, and so Mitchell sued Neff in Oregon courts and to obtain a compensation for his services. However, Neff is living in California, but he does have property in Oregon. So, Mitchell, knowing that he had property in Oregon, sought in order to obtain the property so that he can, so that Neff can pay his debts to Mitchell. So the court gave, uh, the court granted that order because Neff failed to show up to court. Um, and the property was obtained, it was auctioned, and then eventually Pinoyer purchased some of that property. Well, Neff came along and was like, well, that's my property, and I wasn't notified, and uh, all this kind of stuff. So uh, he it says, I want my land back. And so it's really two cases. The first case is Mitchell v. Neff, and the second is Pinoyer v. Neff. But we reference it as only one case, Pinoyer v. Neff. So Neff shows up and he says that the court had no authority to execute the judgment. Uh, Neff claims that he needs to be notified in service of process. So what's that mean? Well, it means that you need to be properly notified and that most commonly means in person. Uh, in this instance, however, the service was done by publication, which is an option but limited. Uh, and the summons were presented through a newspaper that was local to Oregon, so Neff had no clue that he was being summoned. Uh, from this, 
we have two big takeaways. Um, there's a whole bit of analysis where the state has a power to its duty and to its citizens. So yes, it needs to make sure that it can claim property in behalf of its citizens, even if that citizen is wronged by a non-citizen of the state. However, uh, there there are some limitations into what you can do. So first, you need to make sure that you give them the proper notice and with the proper jurisdiction. So you can't so with Penoyer, you can't go over state lines, uh, service somebody, and force them to come back to the state with you. You also, and if you service them and they come voluntarily, that's all right, but who's going to come voluntarily? Another option that you have is to sue Neff when he comes back into the jurisdiction of Oregon. But you don't know if Neff is going to come back into Oregon, so you don't follow that analysis. It, well, you don't want to do that because you, you don't know if you're ever going to uh, get your claim. I believe those were the only two options. There may be another one. If I think about it, I'll let you know. If not, we'll just stick with those two for now. Okay, so why should we care about this case? Well, Penoyer has two main rules. The first is that you need to provide proper notice, which is in person. And second, that notice needs to occur within the state, which is the personal jurisdiction. So I guess we did, I, I did cover those two things. Um, in person and within state lines, you can't go over lines. If you go over lines, they need to come over voluntarily, but you don't do that because they're not gonna come over voluntarily. Okay, well, I'll spend some time going over the other cases when we talk about them. Um, but just in the meantime, we're going to focus briefly on Hess and Milken, and then more in-depth with International Shoe Company v. Washington. And we're going to be focusing on contacts within the state uh, to make those assumptions. That's everything, and see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.